Iowa everywhere. Remember when media wanted you to revolve around their schedule? It told you where, how, when. Well, something happened along the way. We changed. Words like on-demand, streaming, and interactive all became part of the new media landscape. Today's media isn't about us. It's about you. When you want it, how you want it, where you want it. So we figured it was time to carve out our own space. A space to connect with you. Giving you the shows and content you want from the hosts you love and love to hate. Laughs? Sure. Insight? Of course. Breaking news when it happens and going along on the stories that matter. Giving you something new. This is media for the new world. Your world. A platform for an ever-busy, ever-mobile, ever-evolving audience like you. This is about something new. Something you've always wanted. Something Iowa has needed. And now it has. This is Iowa Everywhere. All right. Does that fire you up? What's going on? If I didn't have long sleeves on, I'd have goosebumps here. You'd be able to see them, Chris. Well done. Welcome to Two Guys Named Chris. The uh, So last week was like our pilot. Would you call it that? You're a TV yeah, guy. Yeah, pilot episode. It's like the, the first Seinfeld episode that kind of sucked. Oh, but you'll more, see it every now and then. It, it really took until episode three when the library cop made his debut. <laughs> Officer Bookman. Yeah, that's when you found out about Seinfeld's greatness. You're like, okay, we're on to something here when Bookman made his... You know, talk about a little kid in the corner with the pee-pees and the wee-wees. <laughs> Welcome to the program. Really excited to do this. Uh, we've been, uh, not leaking, we've been uh, releasing all of our shows for Iowa everywhere all weekend long. Want to give these guys a shout-out real quick before we dig right in. Sage and Bloom, Sage Rosenfels and Brent Bloom. Uh, one of your old colleagues, Kenny Main, is going to be on the show. Yeah, tomorrow. it's funny. Uh, Kenny Main was the reason that I got my first big sports center back in like 2015. Uh, I was doing the, uh, the 8 PM Eastern time sports center, which was just on ESPN news. And I, I got a call from one of the bosses mid show. And he's like, Hey, uh, you mind sticking around for the, uh, the 11 o'clock Eastern time sports center? Uh, Kenny's not showing up. It turned out Kenny lives lived then i think he still does in the pacific northwest and he either didn't know he was supposed to be on the schedule that week or just didn't show i don't know but he wasn't there and so they called me in to uh (laughs) to fill in for him all week out of the bullpen Mm -hmm. that's great well i don't know how but him and sage are pretty good buddies so he's gonna be on with bloom and sage tomorrow Jared and J-Bo, Jared Stansberry and Jordan Bohannon will be with you guys once a week. We're going to come in again on Thursday, same time, same place. And then uh, John Miller and I will have you guys covered on Fridays. Ben Bruns and John Miller will have Cyclone and Hawkeye reaction shows on Sunday. So we're looking forward to all of that. I am excited to welcome Fairway on board to sponsor two guys named Chris. Uh, Fairway's been a big supporter of mine and Cyclone Fanatic for a really long time, and they jumped at the opportunity to join up with us, Chris. So next time you're back, we'll have to go uh, meat shopping. Nothing better than Fairway meats. I tell you, I I live down here in South Florida. 
I mean, I, I'd, I'd kill for a place like Fairway. It, the, the, the grocery stores just aren't. What do you, you got? Like, quality. The Piggly it's, Wiggly. Like, what do you? What do well, you that's one of that's one of them. Uh, the main one is Stop and Shop and Publix. Oh yeah, um, Publix are everywhere. Publix people down here love Publix. I mean, they think Publix is the greatest store invented, but but they've never been to a Fairway. You know, they they don't they've never been to the Midwest. They don't yeah. know what a real grocery store is like, what a real meat counter is like in a oh. grocery store. Yeah, the the one thing I always notice when I go to I like to travel to Florida. Y- y'all don't have the meat the meat qualities. No, the same thing. no, and you it's a and it's a lot more expensive. Yeah, yeah. All right. Well, is this what we're going to talk about? We're just going to talk about no, meat the no, whole, no. whole show. Another show, another time. It's game week, baby. Uh, real quick, um, good call for you. You had uh, where are you at this? So you had Florida Atlantic and Charlotte. Charlotte, that yeah. game got out of hand. Got out. Yeah, of hand. It, I think it would have been a good game. Charlotte's quarterback got hurt early on in the second quarter, and it was never the same. And it was, um, boy, I I hope you didn't have the over. There there were a lot of people playing the total in that game which was about 58, 59, depending on where you got it. And it ended up just under because it was a blowout in the end. And uh, FAU kind of sat on the football, put some reserves in. Charlotte rested. Uh, their quarterback got injured in the second quarter, came back in the third, looked okay. But then it was so out of hand, they kept him out. And so uh, <laughs> missed the over by a point or two and, a lot of people were disappointed, but I, I, I was happy to, to get out there week zero and, and get on the call. And that since I called the game week zero, I'm not calling one this week. So I get to sit back and oh, okay. watch Iowa and Iowa State this week. Good. I was just going to ask you where you're at this week. All right. Well, let's uh, let's dig right in uh, with uh, game week. We'll start with the Hawks and the Clones. I want to talk about the Nebraska game. Um, Scott Frost. <laughs> I didn't know if he was going to make it back, to be honest with you, but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that. Michigan's got a quarterback situation that I think is fascinating. Uh, let's start with Iowa and South Dakota State. We'll go chronologically 11 o'clock on Saturday. We were just talking before we came on here, and this just this just feels to me, Chris, I think Iowa wins the game, but this, is a, this isn't a team you want to dick around with in South Dakota State. It's a little bit – like those Northern Iowa games, you know, when they come to town and like, th- th- this is different than Iowa State. Now, hang on opponent. a second. This is, you mean like Northern Iowa when they play Iowa State? No, well, you all had the, when they play Iowa. you had to block two field goals not that That's long true. ago. That's true. That one year they did almost beat Iowa. I just, did. like, this just seems to me like, I don't know what the line is. There's no line yet, but. Right. The Ference. Iowa's offense. This seems like an under and play South Dakota State game to me. But again, I I just think it'll be closer than we might expect. They're the second ranked team in FCS. They're a really good program. This isn't one like Iowa State's opponent in Southeast Missouri State. Right. Um, I'm with you. And it's not just because South Dakota State's the second ranked team in, in FCS. It's just the way Iowa has played these types of games in, in last with Petrus last year. Um, remember they got off to the great start. They blew out Indiana, blew out Iowa state. And then they came home and they had Kent state and yeah. Colorado state. And they struggled in both those games. I mean, you look at the final score in the Kent state game, I think they won 30 to seven or something like that, but it was nine, seven late in the first half. Iowa was uh, really struggling offensively. And then the, 
the the Colorado State game, I think Iowa was down midway through the third quarter. And that's just – you can't do that. This week, you got to see Spencer Petras, first of all, upright. The offensive line has to step up, keep him clean, keep him out of his own head. And Petras has to complete some deep balls with a couple of touchdowns. Now, I think – Going back to last season, and I know he didn't start every game at the end of the year, but he appeared in just about every game. But I think his last six games last season, including the bowl game, he had one touchdown pass and seven interceptions. And that mm. He, mm. He, you got to start off on the right foot here. You got to get that momentum going from the summer, keep that going into an actual game, because that's when things, that's when you really find, even though it's South Dakota state, we'll find out. I think a lot about Spencer Petras in this game. Well, like I don't worry about Iowa's defense. Like they're going to hold under what? 13, 14 points. Like I don't, maybe even less. Like I I don't worry about that. Like the reason I think it's going to be somewhat close is because of that Iowa offense. It's just, you know, they're not going to go out there and, I don't know. Maybe maybe they will. Maybe this will be a deal like the Maryland game a year ago. But I just – it seems to uh, – there's a lot of these games that I can remember. You referenced a couple of them. There was the one year that they play like North Texas, and that was a really good game going in like to the fourth quarter. Um, there was a year that they did the same with Ball State. I remember it's just – this is one of uh, – Iowa tends to – kind of just let these teams hang around and then they beat them up in the fourth quarter. That, I mean, well, that's that, the problem. That's the problem with the way, you know, Kirk Ferentz goes about things. I mean, they'll, they can beat anybody. They can play with anybody for the most part. Now they couldn't play with Michigan in the big 10 championship game last year, but for the most part, they can play with anybody, but they can also allow anyone else to play with them because of the style of play. And that's, uh, I, I can't, cannot see that in this game. I'm saying, I don't want to see that in this game. I can see it, but I don't want to see it. I, I I think this is this game is so important for this offense. I don't care if the defense gives up a couple of big plays. Like you said, I'm not worried about the defense. I think the defense is going to be fine. Offensively, have to get off to a good start this season and and get Spencer Petrus some confidence. What are you other than Petrus? Like, what would be the other thing that you're kind of circling as an Iowa fan? Offensive line. Yeah, uh, I figured. It's, it has to, I mean, and, and it's kind of, um, and they're kind of intertwined because the offensive line, if, if if they perform like they did last season, which was not good, Spencer Petrus is not going to be good. He's got to have a clean pocket. Um, he can't be rattled. He can't have a collapsing pocket because he doesn't do well in those situations. And the running game is going to have to be a little bit better too. The, the You know, they, they had – some decent games last year uh, running the football, but I don't think it was up to snuff for an Iowa offensive line, for a Kirk Ferentz offensive line. So I think those are the two things. It's offensive line, it's Spencer Petras, and you just hope that the defense is, is everything it should be or, or somewhat close. And it sounds like special teams, you rarely worry about special teams with Iowa. And I'm not too worried about the receivers either. I know they lost a couple, but um, you know, they've never had outside of when they had DJK and Marvin McNutt, they, they've never had, you know, great dynamic receivers, get the ball to the tight end, get it out to the receivers, Hawkeye get off football. to a good start. Yeah. Let's go. Tight end. Kyle actually asked on our, on our Facebook page, what about the the health of Iowa's receivers? And I actually been, um, 
really impressed with Amir Smith Marset with my Vikings. Man, yeah, he looks off. Like he didn't even look like the same. He was good at Iowa, but it's just they kind of limit those receivers so much. Right. Like I never, you know, however many years ago, would have predicted that he would look the way he's looking in an NFL training camp. Like he's really good. He's going to be their second or third guy. And I, you know, you got Iowa wide receivers. It's just, you know, I can go on all day about, I think the only receiver that that wasn't better at the next level, um, because there are some guys that you never thought would make a a pro roster and they did. They made, you know, not stars, but made scout teams as wide receivers. George Kittle. I mean, as it, he, he did not do a lot at Iowa. He really didn't. You look at his stats, didn't do a lot, then just goes to the NFL and explodes. So, um, but I'm really not that worried about the wide receivers this season. Yeah, that's generally just not a position that makes or or breaks no, Iowa. No, and running back either. Uh, they're, they're always no matter who the running back is, you plug and play. That you know, you had the one, one year with Sean Green. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, we had the one year great. where they went like six deep because everybody kept getting hurt. Who Green? Yeah, I mean, and you look at that 2009 team that was probably the best Iowa team other than maybe 02 in my lifetime. Adam Robinson, Brandon Wager. I mean, it they weren't great backs, but they were they were they were serviceable because they were on a really good team. We'll go more in depth on this game coming up on Thursday's show when we have a point spread and, and that stuff. Let's touch on Iowa State and Southeast Missouri State. So Semo, the uh, Warhawks. I learned this is different. So I had a really good conversation with Todd Blythe last week. So Todd, Todd podcast for us with Brett Meyer at Cyclone Fanatic. And he actually was on Mark Farley's coaching staff for a couple of years mm-hmm. at, at Northern Iowa. And he was, we're, I was talking to him just picking his brain about how the F, these FCS teams kind of approach these games. And, you know, like that, that Northern Iowa one, and, and I would say South Dakota State too. Like they actually have players, right? Like they have legitimate guys who could go out there and win these games. Like the thing about it is, like the they have sixty three scholarships compared to eighty five. That gets tossed around a lot. But when you're right. playing the sixty three scholarship team in week one, they're all healthy, mm-hmm. and their starters aren't bad in the Missouri Valley. Like that's a pretty good football league. This Semo team is is different. Iowa State will be a 20 plus point favorite in this one. Now they have been against Northern Iowa too. I, I totally understand that. Um, but this to me, and, and maybe I'll eat crow here. The, the Campbell staff has struggled in these early September games. Clearly they've never beaten Iowa. They've struggled in these games against Northern Iowa in the past. I just have a feeling that this one's different. And I think it has more to do with the opponent than it does the Cyclones, but like a little bit with you. I mean, that's what I want. Like, I don't want at halftime to be wondering if Iowa state is going to win this football game on Saturday. That will tell me a lot. Are they ready to go? Got to start strong for once, Chris. I mean, it, it, that Campbell's accomplished a lot of things, but he's, he's never gotten off to a great start at Iowa state. And even in the September games that he's won, and there have been some really hairy, hairy, hairy situations yeah. like against Northern Iowa, two of the Birdie last three jumping years. on the ball. 
Oh man, triple overtime. Yeah, th- th- I got a I got a Campbell stat for you that you probably heard. But he's eight and thirteen in September. Eight and thirteen in September. It's incredible. September is where you play your non-conference games. A lot of teams, yeah. a lot of not so good teams, would be twelve and four or whatever in September because they don't play anybody. Now Iowa State always plays Iowa, so that's yeah, it's always different. But um, you know they they just haven't, like you said about Iowa, sometimes struggling with lower competition. Iowa State always seems to struggle with lesser competition in September. Always, I mean. Mm-hmm. You go back to, you know, the two nail biters against Northern Iowa the last three years, um, the loss against Louisiana. And I know that was a pretty good Louisiana team that ended up ranked at the end of the year, but still it's a home game and they flat out lost. It's not a game they should lose. Uh, I think this is the year they have to, if they don't beat Iowa, at least get off to a decent start. Got to win your first Big 12 game. You know, I don't care who it's against. It's a tough one. They got Baylor. I know, but it's at home. No, yeah, absolutely. Got, and they've been really four. good at home in the league. So Yeah, yeah. I think that they absolutely have a chance to win that game and maybe should win that game. Four of the first six games are at home. The other two road games are Iowa, which is in-state. I know it's a rivalry game and they won't be favored, but it's in-state. And Kansas, that's, that's a win. So I, I think the schedule sets up nicely for Iowa State to get off to a maybe the best start in September in the Campbell era. This is the best schedule that they've had, I think. Maybe just the way it all sets up, because Ohio and SEMO are much easier games than they've had in in those other two (laughs) non-cons. Don't you wish, though, that they were playing somebody a little bit, like instead of Southeast Missouri State, maybe just flat-out Missouri State? Like Even that would be a better game. No. No? No. I'll take this. Well, come on. This I don't isn't... know any of these guys. I don't know any of these guys. So, like, I need – like, I want to see – I think that here's what I'm hearing coming out of camp. This is why I'll say this, okay? And, and this – we're going to we're gonna debate and talk about a college football preseason coming up here in the show. So, I'm giving them my points away a little bit. But, like, Iowa State's too deep. I mean, they've got, like, your – Xavier Hutchinson's and your Orion Vance's and the guys like that coming back who everybody knows, but they're too deep is pretty inexperienced for the most part. I think that they have a, I think they've recruited better, but I, I, I really think Chris that like, I would rather them play a team that I think that they can beat by 30 and get guys reps. Okay. I, I understand that. Cause, Cause I don't seasons, know if they would do that against Missouri that state. I don't know if they would do that against Missouri state. <laughs> I've seen it too much. I've, they, I mean, that that right. would be that'd be a one possession game going into the fourth quarter. You're right. I mean, it might happen with. I mean, Drake could give him a game. We've seen it happen. Um, Thanks. I, I I'm okay with the first game of the season. Be a, let's just dip our toes in the water. Treat it kind of like a preseason game. You're going to win it. Get some guys some reps. But you know, when you look to that next game, which the next, you know, lesser opponent game, not not the Iowa game. I know you have that, but yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I think it would be nice to see the level of competition stepped up a little bit. And I guess it, it is a little with with Ohio. Ohio is a that's actually I mean it's at least an FBS team. It's a is max team. still there. I feel like he I feel like he may have just retired. I think they named the 
the field after him or the stadium or something at Ohio. What a slap in the face to Nebraska. Um, he's, yeah, he's the former head coach at Ohio. Last year was in 2020. Yeah, I think they, they named the field or the stadium after him. Because he was there, he's been, he was there twenty years or so. Yeah, he took that job, and I'm looking at it right now, 2005, and left in 2000. But a ton of bowl wins. Hell, they were winning nine games like pretty consistently with Frank Solich. That's what he did at Nebraska. Yeah, they fired him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I mean clearly, I want to see Hunter Deckers. We've we've seen Hunter Deckers in pieces, but not really. You know, never where it's like, hey, this is your team. I'm I'm anxious right. to see the offensive line though. That's the number one thing with these Campbell teams. I'll give you one little one little nugget is the Semo actually has a really good running back. Mm-hmm. He was like a top ten guy last year in FCS, and he potentially could be in an NFL camp down the road. And I am interested losing any Wazarike and some of the beef up front defensive line wise. Just stopping the run would be. If you're like, hey, Chris, what's a concern for you about the defense this year? That's where they've been really good. And, you know, they've got a pretty good defensive line, I think. Obviously, Will McDonald, he's not known to be in a run stopper, though. So that, that'll be a nice little test for Iowa State as far as the defense goes. But clearly, one is the offensive line. Two, what does Hunter Deckers look like? How comfortable does he look like? Yeah. I, I, I think that they'll go out there. There's a little bit to me like they are playing with house money right now. There's not a lot of expectations compared to last year. You got a lot of young guys who have never played before. I just I just don't want them to look tight, I guess. Just go out there, play loose. And if they do, I think they'll win by 30 plus points. Yeah, I think uh I think I think Iowa State's going to be better than advertised. We talked about that a little bit in our pilot episode. We like the over. I mean, the, the over under six and a half. I've been telling people at CBS Sports HQ, listen, got an insider there at Iowa State. He says, best bet in college football is the Iowa State over. And he says, they're, they're, they're not just no winning pressure. seven. They're winning eight or nine. No pressure. <laughs> I, I, I do think this is a great spot for Iowa State with the way the schedule sets up, even though they have to go to Iowa. Um the, the expectations are, are down, not like they were the last few years. And I think um, I think they're going to surprise some people. I really do. So, so I did place a bet on Saturday mm-hmm. after the Nebraska game. I went over and placed the over on the win total for Kansas State because of Adrian Martinez. What? Oh, wait, so so help, I'll, I'll help you think through this. Okay. When I watched Casey Thompson look the exact same way that Adrian Martinez has for the last four years or three years or whatever, like, because I do you remember when Adrian Martinez started his first game for Nebraska and we're all like, oh man, they got a guy. Yes. And, but and you know got, what? It, it was like the, in the in that game. It was like a micro in that game. It was a, like kind of a micro thing. It looked like they had found the guy again. I mean, you saw him in the first half. It's like, oh, Thompson, boy, he, boy, th- th- yeah. Now this guy is going to change things for Nebraska. Uh no, you, you, and I, I see what you're saying. Kind of a product of the culture at Nebraska fell apart. Now that he's somewhere else, you think he's going to surge back up again, and well, Kansas State's going to have a good season. I don't know if he has to do that. 
I don't know if he's going to surge because I, I think Scott Frost may have actually ruined the young man, <laughs> unfortunately. But let me make a point to you because I I watched what Thompson looked like on Saturday and the, Nebraska looked like the same team. Like they had a bunch of different guys. They looked like the exact same team the way that that thing went down. Martinez was really banged up last year, probably more so than most people believe. And, you know, I, I think going to Kansas State, he's going to be asked to do like half of what he had to do at Nebraska. Remember Colin Klein, the old mm-hmm. running yeah. the old running back playing quarterback? He's their new offensive coordinator. They mm-hmm. fired Courtney Messingham, formerly an Iowa State guy. Um, Kleiman is a run. I, I think that they're going to use him really well. I think it'll look a lot like um, – I think it'll look a lot like the old Kansas State games – with with Colin Klein and that's how they want to play. They've got Deuce Vaughn back there. They're really good up front. They probably have the best combined offensive and defensive lines in the Big 12. And what that was my biggest question in the Big 12 all offseason long, Chris, was what's the Adrian Martinez thing look like at Kansas State? Was he the problem or was Scott Frost the problem? Scott Frost was the problem. I was proven that um on Saturday. So I went and placed the over. On what's that set at? It depends. You can get it at seven and a half. I got it at um, six and a half. I had to pay some. I had to okay. pay some juice. Uh-huh. I think I got it like minus one fifty. But I'd rather do that because I, I think that they'll seven and five. That's all they have to do. Might come down to the Iowa State game. It's potential. That'll be a really big game. That will be a really, really, really big game this year for Iowa State. But yeah, always I, is. So okay. So Scott Frost actually a little bit surprised that he even got back on the plane. Did you watch the press conference? I listened to it. I heard bits and pieces of it on social media. Now, I didn't hear the whole thing, but I did hear him uh, do the Scott Frost thing and throw yeah. somebody under the bus. Blame everybody yeah, but yourself. This is what he's getting crushed for. Matty Van Winkle is our producer. Um, this was the onside kick that went awry for the Huskers. More of the workload. Oh, and an onside kick. Northwestern is on it. At the 45, Scott Frost going for the mortal blow in this game, and now Northwestern has a short field. I don't know about that. Bill Bush right there, special teams coach. That may be something that is called if you get the look. That's usually how that works, is if you get the look, you're going to dial it up. If not... And you go ahead and kick it away, a tremendous awareness. And when you're doing that to a running back, I don't know. Really a bonehead coaching move. Uh, That lost them the game. I'll I'll, I'll go on the That lost them the game because that is the most mentally fragile football team in America the last five years since Frost became Mm -hmm. the head coach. And you could just see it go blew up after that yeah i i it, i just don't get it i mean you're up by 11 you got all the momentum it's it's the third quarter you you have more talent than northwestern you should be a better team than northwestern and then you do that give them a short field everything changed i mean everything changed northwestern was like oh there it is there's the there's the nebraska mistake we've been waiting for we're going to capitalize on it nebraska never scored again i mean i just i i, I can't believe it keeps happening <laughs> how how can you not win one of these games? Seriously. Like, how can you lose all, all of these close games? That's where, like, going into the season, 
I was kind of like high on Nebraska because I'm a. I Matt still Campbell. think they're going to go over the win. I still think they're going to start like five and two. I have people like, oh, Williams, you still think they're going to beat Oklahoma? They, they might. I mean, I, I don't. They, they, they very well could. It'll be a close game, and they'll have a chance yeah. to win it in the fourth. You know, like, and that's why Matt Campbell and I have told this story to my Cyclone listeners a bunch, but we, back in the day, we used to literally fight about this. And this would be, if I'm right, this will be a bad omen for the Hawks this year. Okay. Cause like I, I'm a believer that turnovers and, you know, the close wins eventually evens out to some extent. The close wins probably less because I do think there's an aspect of it's much less random, right? Like some teams fold in, in certain situations where others thrive. I, I get that. But like turnovers, right? Like I, to an extent, yeah, uh, it's undisciplined, but like fumbles and recoveries and stuff like that. I think that things come to the mean. And that's where I was at with Nebraska this year. I'm like, these guys were all but fired a year ago. Like, this is a balls to the wall type season, favorable schedule. I think that they, even if they're um, eight and four, like it may not be overly impressive based on who they're going to be in those eight games, but they're still going to be eight and four. It was kind of that type of a thing mm-hmm. for me. So now like I'm, I'm in this situation, Chris, I believe I'm with you. Like I could totally see him at like five and two and stuff, but like if, the, if it hasn't changed, like what clearly based off of what we saw on Saturday, it hasn't changed. So maybe they won't, maybe they are going to go three and nine again. Do they look schedule? I can't see them not getting to bowl eligibility with that schedule. I, I really can't. Now, sure, I thought like everybody else, I think, that they would be able to handle Northwestern. They're double-digit favorites against Northwestern. I thought they would win by 14 to 20. I'm an idiot <laughs> because that's just not Nebraska, and I'm probably an idiot for thinking that they're going to become bowl eligible this year. They're going to get to six, seven, eight wins. But I, I – I know that they have talent on that team. And I feel like every one of these games is a flip of the coin. At some point, this thing's going to come up tails and they're going to win one of these. I'm with and you. it might turn everything around. I'm with you. Maybe with this with this program, all it takes is one with this particular. If they if they can show that they can turn things around, win a game, put this in the rearview mirror. I know, I know that's going to be hard to do. Uh, I think because I think this season opening loss is is devastating because it that's not just a loss. That's a loss in the division in the Big Ten. And that sets you back big time. And the way that it happened is yeah. is going to be tough to come back from. But I feel like I don't know. I, I, I just feel like at some point it's going to turn. I felt like that one was super critical, though, because now you've got this long flight back. You know, you know, the media over there. Like that, what? They're, what are they going to do? The media is going to try to pick him up. Hey guys, go big red. It's all right. You know what? They're, we were close. We'll turn this thing around. Just like basically me, what I'm saying about Nebraska. That's what the media <laughs> says to them, right? The uh, uh, the the great Tom Chattel wrote a column about the sellout streak being in in jeopardy. The fake your, sellout streak. Your, your sellout streak that you so astutely highlighted on Sports Center. Man, I got killed back. by Nebraska fans for for talking about that high that or the uh, the streak that doesn't exist. What is it again? Oh, because they allot 
they allot a certain amount for the road team. And if the road team doesn't sell those tickets, they get them back, but they still consider those sold tickets because they gave them to the opponent. And so yeah, they then, don't necessarily have to sell all those. And then you call have it bo- sellout. boosters buying up like batches yes. of tickets that are yes. unsold just to keep their stupid streak alive. I'll give them credit though. They had a hell of a showing in Ireland. I'm not surprised. I think Iowa, Iowa state would too, but that I being from that, that side of the state, like it is an impressive fan base and they are hot right now. They get North Dakota on Saturday. I'm a little surprised they're playing after traveling back from Ireland. I kind of figured I I didn't even realize that they had a game, but yeah, they get North Dakota. So I guess it's considered a game on Saturday. Um, Okay, let's move on to the Michigan quarterback situation. This is one of the most Jim Harbaugh things ever. Where And I, I actually appreciate it. I appreciate Jim Harbaugh here. Where they're going into the year, and he's basically saying, yeah, we have two good quarterbacks. We don't know which one we're like, so we're going to start one in week one, and then we're going to start another in week two with Cade McNamara and J.J. McCarthy. Uh, Michigan actually put out a press release on Saturday evening about this at five o'clock. I think Matt can pull it up onto the screen for us there. If you're watching with us on the live stream. Uh, but Hassel, what do you think about this? Is this a boneheaded move or I, I like it. At least they're just being upfront about it and they're not fabricating something. I, I'm with you. And I, I, I like the transparency and, you know, when you play Colorado state and Hawaii, you can do stuff like this, right? Yes. I mean, it, those are those are games they're going to be favored by twenty to thirty points in both of those games. So it's not going to matter uh, who starts at quarterback. They could throw some, you know, they could play wildcat the whole game and win. Um, it, clearly, he likes both the quarterbacks, and the the only thing that kind of surprised me is that he's doing it the way he's he's, he's no matter how. Cade McNamara plays against Colorado State, and you're going to still start J.J. McCarthy in that game against Hawaii. That's a little bit surprising that he would go – he would put it out there that he's he's going to go all the way into that second game with the same plan no matter what happens in game one. Mm-hmm. And I would assume that both quarterbacks are going to play in game one. Uh, I mean, I, I would think that they would split reps in that first game. I mean, I'm not reading this – as it's just going to be one quarterback in game one and just one quarterback in game two. I mean, I, I still think they're going to – each quarterback is going to play in both games. So that, that's the only thing that surprised me, but I, I, I don't mind it. I really don't. You know, the old saying that if you have two quarterbacks, you don't have any. I, I don't necessarily buy that. Uh, I hate spe- that. Especially this day and age with injuries and – you know, teams can be successful with multiple quarterbacks. You'd like to have two quarterbacks at Iowa, wouldn't you? Yes, instead of zero. Yes, at Iowa, it's it's instead of you have two quarterbacks, you have zero. It's it's you just you just have zero, and and you just have to go from there because they, they it doesn't seem like they usually it's the third stringer that we want to see at Iowa. Um, <laughs> I I think um, I think it'll be interesting if. Um, I can't remember which quarterback is starting which game, but if quarterback one against Colorado State goes out, lights up the world. McNamara starting the okay. opener. McNamara starting the opener. It'd be interesting yeah. if he goes out there, lights up the world, and then maybe, maybe the other one does not. You know, maybe he comes in, throws a pick, but he's still going to get the start in 
in game two, no matter what, because Jim Harbaugh just said, it. I, I like the idea. And again, I, don't, I guess I kind of comprehended this a little bit differently than you did. I, I kind of felt like McNamara will get the majority of reps. And you think he's one. just going to play the whole game? Well, uh, that's kind of how I read it. Uh, maybe, but we clearly had different. Um, yeah. Of, of the and also, so I guess maybe that's good for him. He left some of it up for interpretation. Well, I, and I, if that's the case, I don't hate it though. Cause I like, I like getting a quarterback into a rhythm, right? With with the offense and and seeing how that progresses. You're right. When you're playing Colorado State and Hawaii, it's not it's not going to matter for Michigan. They're going to kill those teams. There's something about when the when the coaches are doing the like every other series thing. I don't. No, I don't. Yeah, I, don't like I, I wouldn't want to see that. Yeah. I, I I I would not want to see that. And I and I, the problem with these games is, if you say. You know, you're gonna we're gonna put you in the second half. Game's gonna be totally out of reach by then. So you know, you might not be um, playing with a bunch of starters, and you're not going to be playing in pressure rep situations. So, yeah, I I, I don't mind this if I'm a Michigan fan. You're gonna get a chance to see both of them in games that you're gonna win, and then go from there. I mean, and, and I also I. I I like the transparency. You, you don't often see that from head coaches. It's it's good for fans and it's good for the media. I don't know if it's good for the team, but it, it, it's nice to kind of know what to expect going in. They really don't have much of a schedule until they head to Iowa City. Yeah, they October should be unbeaten. First. Yeah, They've got UConn, who's one of the worst teams in it's, FBS. It's a, it's a pathetic non-conference schedule. I mean, you, you look at those teams, you could argue UConn, and Hawaii are two of the worst 10 teams in the country. Colorado State, probably one of the worst 30 teams in the country. It's that is a that's a pathetic non-conference schedule. It really is. I uh, I hate Hawaii and here's why. Because I wanted to go to bed so badly on Saturday night. Like I was so tired. I had my kids by myself all weekend. Been trying to launch this company. We've been working a lot. You have been too. There's a lot of people behind the scenes here at Iowa everywhere. Um, but I couldn't turn off college football. Cause it's like, oh, there's a game on. I gotta watch it. You know, and I that said, was uh for for me, I was excited because I had just gotten done calling my game. The Hawaii game came on right after my FAU Charlotte game was over. So I hurried home because I hadn't really gotten to watch college football all day other than a little bit of that Nebraska uh, Northwestern game. Um, but I was in game mode. So I got home and I was fired up. I wanted to see a good game. And oh my God, Vandy just, Vandy ended it early. So you could have gone to bed early. Now, yeah, I, but it was I, still college football. Yeah. And I was actually watching the, uh, the UTEP North Texas game. Yeah, you tipped me off on that. I saw your tweet, and I couldn't find it on TV, and then I pulled up the stadium app. So I, I mm-hmm. owe you a thank you on that. That was a good game. That yeah, was fun. The problem is when I when I said the game was was a great game, then North Texas kind of took it and ran with it. They've got a quarterback who t- turns 29 Jeez. next week, and he still has a year of eligibility left. How many North guys Texas. have played in their 30s in college football history, <laughs> I wonder? I don't know. Remember thinking Chris Winkie was – yeah, I mean, you, you thought he was fifty. He was like what twenty six or so when he played for yeah. Florida State. Yeah, Jason White, I believe, won a Heisman at Oklahoma. He was an older guy, but he wasn't anywhere no close to. It's like no. that old movie, Necessary Roughness. The old man. 
Yeah, he, this, this Austin Ani is his name for North Texas. He'll be playing as a 30-year-old next season. All right, some other topics coming up. I want to give another shout-out to our presenting sponsor, Fairway Meat and Grocery. Uh, we we are really excited. They're the first sponsor to buy into what we are doing here at Iowa Everywhere. We are uh, we're really excited to present that coming up later on. Now, not all of our shows are going to be live. A lot of you are watching live right now. We will we're going to ease into that. Uh, we are a brand new startup, so we're we're going to ease into that. But Hassel and I will be live every week. Uh, you've got Jared Stansbury, Jordan Bohannon, Sage Rosenfels, and Brent Bloom. And then John Miller and I will be doing – now, Miller and I are going to do a lot of breaking news stuff, which I'm really looking forward to. So, like, if, if later today the Big Ten adds Oregon, Hassel will mm-hmm. go live here on all right. these feeds, and we'll just start reacting and, and give you guys that. So That's where I think uh, you can really make a difference here on Iowa Everywhere is is, is that ability um, to, to, to just go whenever you want. You know, go when something big happens because – you know, when you look at our friends, Keith and Andy over at KXNO, I mean, I love those guys. I listen to every one of their shows, but they come up at one central weekdays. Yeah. That's it. They're one to three central. That's the only time you hear them on the show. We are, um, yeah, if if we're on a golf course or whatever, we can pull up our phone and stream for five minutes and give you a, give you a take. I'm glad I've already made Miller jealous with my helmets. <laughs> yeah, I've they had do look for good. a long time. They I do uh, look good. They're, and they're real helmets. Um, I actually had a guy reach out to me last week, and th- this is welcome back to the Cyhawk media thing, where an Iowa State fan was upset with me because Miller was wearing an Iowa hat and I didn't have on an Iowa State hat. <laughs> and he thought that the Cyclones were being misrepresented, and I was like, come on, yeah, guys. If, if, if I haven't proven my Cyclone allegiance by now, like, I mean – like I think it's my fault because every chance I get, I talk about what a what a huge just died in the wool Hawkeye fan you were growing up. <laughs> so you're not you're not a lot like of Iowa State fans Iowa were, State. and then they go to Iowa State, and you know things change. Look, baby, right here, Cyclones versus the world. Coffee mug says it all. Yeah. Well, shout out to Fairway. Thank you for for them. Okay, um, a couple of quick discussion points here. Mm-hmm. Do we like Week Zero? You were we had two very different vantage points of week zero you were on the call you were at a stadium i was on my couch i'll let you go first uh i do some people will say like why week why call it week zero why not call it week one well there's only a handful of teams that play week zero most teams are starting week one so week zero is just kind of a soft launch you know kind of like our pilot episode Mm -hmm. i i like it um and i certainly liked calling a game, one of just 11 games last week. Um, so I think more people were probably, you know, betting on that game than normally would be betting on a Conference USA matchup. So I think it gets some of these some of these lesser conferences a little bit more love. You care a lot more about a Nebraska-Northwestern matchup than you would if it was week one or week 10. No, no. Yeah. Um, so I, I, I like it. I do. Um, but – and there were so many – hiccups in in the game that that I was a part of uh, it just felt like it it felt like some people just weren't ready um whether it was in the stadium running the scoreboard or the clocks or the officials in their first game the the team there were so many penalties and really odd coaching decisions 
Um, and it made me think like, you know, what would it be? Would it be smart to just play one exhibition game? Even if it's against like just some really small directional school, just to kind of get your feet wet a little bit before you play in a real game. And I'm talking for everybody, players, coaches, officials, clock operators, broadcasters. In the NFL, you get three, and and I know it's it's not what people want it to be. It's not what it used to be because it's not a real game. But would it help to to hit the ground running when it happens to have just an exhibition game, an exhibition game against a team that you might not normally play? Maybe it's, you know, Iowa State plays Drake again. (laughs) You know, I, I don't know. What do you think? I think I you could convince me to do it if it's like how college basketball does it, where it's behind closed doors. And it's kind of like the NFL, right, where the Vikings and the 49ers played last week, but they had like three days of scrimmaging and stuff right. leading up to it. I don't think I want to get rid of that opening week feel where the game actually matters. Like, do you think that you would lose that feeling for the opening game if you had – an exhibition game just to kind of, I mean, it's, it's really not that much different there. from a spring game. Yeah. Fans no, don't have to be there. Yeah, No, I don't want the fans there. Cause I, yeah, I fans don't have to be there. I, you could get me on board if this, like how college basketball does it. A lot of our audience may not even know this. Like, so Iowa state and Iowa, like Iowa will play like Creighton in a, in a real mm-hmm. scrimmage with real officials and real clock operators and all that stuff in Carver Hawkeye arena. Yeah. And you have no idea until like Matt Norlander tweets. about yeah, it. Right. I think I, I could get on board for that. The one thing that I, why this will never happen is especially now with an expanded playoff coming. Oh, I know it'll never happen. Yeah. They're just, it's they'll say like we're football is different than basketball because of the hitting, right? Yeah, we can't put these student athletes out there one more time oh, for yeah, no we, reason. We can't extend now, their. The only way that the, that it would happen is if they can go and say, you know what, that's one more game for your broadcast outlet or your streaming service to offer. Yeah. Well, I mean, and and that's where one thing college football never does is passes up on additional revenue. <laughs> Right, like <laughs> no, they, they never you can say that about that. pretty much a- any sport. I do think it, it would take away from week one, but I. But only week, if the does fans week are there. zero take away from week one. Like, so to me, no, and th- this is where I had a di- I have a different vantage point. Like, so I have a few things I would do differently. Like college football is a is a product. Like the Nebraska Northwestern kickoff was great, mm-hmm. um, and then you just had a bunch of. I mean, no offense, but fillers, right? Like not marquee type of games. I think it'd be great if, you know, Fox had a big game, ESPN had a big game, CBS had a big game, right? Where, and kind of have it be like that. Uh, Because I loved it. Like, but I'm a geek. Like I'm an absolute college football junkie. So to me, like I was watching Florida Atlantic and Charlotte with, I was paying attention, right? Mm -hmm. I never know where those teams might be in November. And I want to be able to, you know, put two and two together. I watched Florida state. I'm really interested in Florida state. They get LSU next week. Um, 
I I was pretty interested in the Illinois game because I I think Illinois they're they're one of my overplays as far as the win total. I think they could be a problem for Iowa down the stretch, right? I think that mm-hmm. that's a team that in the West might be a a bit of a sleeper. So it was nice, uh, but I almost felt like I almost feel like we were just talking about Michigan's schedule, right? Colorado State, Hawaii, UConn. Isn't that a preseason? Couldn't we make the argument that most yes. of these teams are already doing this? If you look at the yes. week one schedule, aren't they already treating this like that? Yes. Uh, I I totally get it, and I, and I, and I agree with that. I, I think there are a lot of teams who start with a preseason game, but not everybody does it. You know, not everybody starts with SEMO or South Dakota State. I mean, you've got huge matchups in week one. Yeah, Ohio State-Notre I mean, Dame. Yeah, and that that might end up not even being one of the the best matchups, just because I mean, Ohio State's like a three score favorite. I mean, there's Ohio State's so good, and Notre Dame I think is overrated at five. But point is, there are teams that start with a really really good game, a really good matchup, and some teams just aren't ready for it in week one. I mean, I was so scared last year when Iowa had to start with a a top twenty five game against Indiana. Because just you just don't know how they're going to start. You, you don't know how teams are going to come out. You don't know if they're going to be ready. And I'm not saying I want to see an exhibition game to start the year. I'm just asking the question. Yeah, no, I would that it. would that put everybody in a better spot? Because it was it was very very my game anyway. Everybody was rusty. It, it's kind of what you would expect in week zero and had there been some kind of exhibition warm up for the officials and whatnot, maybe it would have been a little bit different. Yeah. I like the basketball model a lot. I I could totally get on board with that. Like, I mean, you look at like our programs, like bring Grandview over. It's a really good, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Now I'd be quite, you would have to pay them. That would be the thing because like, if I'm Drake or Grandview, like, I don't know if I want to, risk injuries and, and stuff sure. like that in a scenario like we're describing, but it could be a revenue boost for them. I, I would get on board for that. All right. Two guys named Chris here on Iowa everywhere. We do have a couple of people who are asking us. Uh, we are live on Facebook and Twitter and YouTube. We will be live on YouTube. We're not yet. Google is very difficult uh, to work with. If you're wanting this on Google podcast too, we will be on Google podcasts. They take a while to like approve pages and stuff like that. I had a bunch of people tweeting at us over the weekend. We're on all the podcast platforms, except right now, Google and iHeart, I believe, because they just, they take longer to approve these things, but we should be everywhere else. Uh, We want to just make this on demand. So if you want to watch it live, you can watch it live. Matt, What, what What would you say is the easiest platform to watch it live on? Is Twitter the easiest one to watch it live on? I think it depends on, Probably YouTube, honestly, once once that's yeah. up. Okay. Because they're kind of made for that. Mm-hmm. Right. Like that's the whole point of YouTube. But I think it kind of depends on who you are and, and what you like. Probably Facebook, because you can just have it up in the background and or Facebook or Twitter. I think it's kind of indifferent. But we, we want to be everywhere, hence the name. <laughs> so yes, we'll we'll have this up. If you maybe you joined us halfway in, you wanted to listen to the first part of the conversation. We will have these up on the Iowa Everywhere podcast page. So all of our shows, even though they're not going to be live yet, they will be in video form on our YouTube page. 
we'll post the um, so you can go back and cool thing about that, Chris, is if somebody wants to put it up on their smart TV at mm-hmm. night, you know, you can watch it like a TV show. And we have Matt Van Winkle. Hey, Matt, pop on in and wave at everybody. Matt's producing for us. Oh, that was that was quick. What's up? Yeah. Matt's going to be uh, during the season here having video to go with this. So it'll actually add to your viewing. Like we'll have highlights and stuff like you did with the Nebraska game. So that'll be a really cool thing. Yeah, and the cool thing about this, too, is when we go live, it'll go out live to every person who's on onto their Twitter page as well. But, yeah, YouTube's probably the best place to find all of our shows and then the podcast page as well. Great. Stuff. Thanks for that. I, I, I feel like there's already a budding rivalry uh, within Iowa everywhere, though. Uh, I mean, I, I was I was in the middle of calling a game, and I just get you get this this group text from John Miller, and he wants to, he wants to bet about who – Who's going to have the most downloads? Who's going to have the most listens, views? Yeah, Miller Miller was pretty antsy over the week. He was pretty upset. He thought that the caricature of him was <laughs> – he thought it misrepresented him. It looks like Tommy Lee Jones like on it's, drugs. It's amazing. It's, it really is amazing. But look, it's a caricature. You can't, you can't complain about a caricature. <laughs> no. It's supposed to be a little bit exaggerated and funny, right? So – Kyle Starcevich, he's a former just stud at Southeast Polk. Back, I'm sure you – I covered him at Southeast yeah, you Polk covered when he's him, the quarterback yeah. there, yeah. And he played for Iowa State, and he's he's our artist. And he actually texted me that Sage was one of the hardest people he's ever had to draw. There's the yeah. – yeah, if you're watching right now, there's, there's the caricature of John Miller. Again, I, I think it's Tommy Lee Jones on Vicodin. <laughs> Eyes popping out of his head. Well, but you Kyle look pretty good. Your caricature looks pretty good. They've got you in the non-shaved head mode. Yeah, Airline I'm, I'm growing good. my hair back. We'll have my hair back here here before too long. But um, anyways, shout out to yeah, shout out to uh, Kyle Starcevich for doing those. Uh, last thing is, I'm interested. Do you play fantasy football? I do. Anybody? Yeah. So it's draft week. Apparently, I haven't played fantasy. I got kicked out of our Cyclone Radio Network League. What? Like five years ago. Yeah, they kicked me. Were out. you not setting your lineups or something? No, I did all of it. I I don't know why they they ran me out of the lineup. They ran me out of the wow. League. Okay. They had like a new person come on staff and they they eliminated me. So maybe I talked too much smack. I was very into the league, and I haven't gone back because now I just gamble so much. Where uh-huh. that that that's the fill for me. I'd rather bet on the games. But a lot of people are still into this. It's draft week. Do you have any tips? Um, yeah, absolutely. I think you go to cbssports.com, go to our fantasy page. We have the best fantasy experts with all kinds of great advice. There's all kinds of great um, things you can print off to help you. Jamie Eisenberg and Dave Richard, Heath Cummings, those guys, Adam Azer, they, they do fantasy football all day, every day, all year round. That's all they care about. That's all they do. And they're all there to help set you up to win. And I, I get to work with those guys on a daily basis. And they, um, uh, you know, it's, 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 it's really a job for them. I mean, they treat it as a job. It's not just, it's not just because they love it, but uh, I, I think that I've got my first fantasy draft tonight. And then I have another one next week. What I just don't understand is these guys that will have they'll, they'll have like five teams. I can't handle it. Like two is a lot. The two is is that is yeah. my ceiling. I cannot yeah. go more than two teams because then you end up 
you know, you've got guys on your team on your team for one league that you're playing against in another league. And then like, what do you do? How do you, what do you, what do you root for? What are you doing? Like, that's the fun in it is you're rooting for your guys. You're rooting against the other guys. How, how is that entertaining? And how, how do you have a rooting interest if, if there's just all that crossover? I'm just too big of a Vikings fan. Honestly, like it was hard for me. It changes things. It really does. And I, I've heard that from a lot of people that, that they, they've kind of pulled back a little bit on fantasy football because they found themselves rooting for themselves over their team in certain. I hate it. Yeah. Now I do think that the, now that I'm not doing daily radio and the demands of that, because honestly, since I started doing that, Chris, like my Sundays, I didn't really watch the NFL because I was watching college games, DVR from the day before. Mm -hmm. If you want to do that daily thing, three hours a day, in a market like this, you have to watch all those games. So I wasn't watching NFL other than the Vikings, basically, and sometimes the wow. Chiefs. And I think that I'm probably going to, in addition to betting, the daily fantasy, I think, will be kind of that's That has gotten uh, each year, I think, that becomes more and more accessible. Do you guys cover that? Like, do you do some Absolutely. of those? Absolutely, yeah. Okay, I, I need to keep in touch on those then because I think that might be my jam. I feel like that's more in depth than just season long fantasy. I mean, you're you're putting even more on your plate if you're doing daily fantasy. Really? I mean, I guess you can just you can come in and out. Like you could you could do a daily yeah. fantasy one week and then not do anything for a month. Here's my problem, and this is why the the fantasy thing. Like, because I'll get into leagues with guys, and I got kids, right? Like, in Sundays, yeah, it's the Sabbath. Let's be honest. I'm not watching every play on Sunday ticket. So mm. then like when a guy gets hurt, I never have a chance to get the waiver wire. What do you mean? I'm not, because the guys I'm with in my leagues are so locked into it. Like they'll hop. Well, yeah, right but you on. have until Tuesday to do that. It's not like it, you, you, ha- it ha- you can't, you can't, if, if you're in a league where if somebody gets injured and you can just go nab the backup on Sunday during play, you're in the wrong league. Oh, okay. I mean, so we need yeah, to... it's got to be everybody's got to have a chance to reset following Monday night's game and make waiver wire claims. And then the team, you know, the worst, you know, if you're in last place, you have the first claim. So you're in the, the wrong league. Chance. Yeah. I mean, you guys had your rules all jacked up. I mean, that that's Bush League. That's Bush Fantasy League. I need to get I think, in like a real league. Yes. You need a real league. I don't know what that, what did you say it was Cyclone Fanatic League? No, it's the Cyclone Radio Network, Learfield. They kicked Ah, me out. okay. So Bloom and those guys. Yeah, they Bloom doesn't me have out. a clue. He's got no clue. If it's not NBA fantasy, he has no clue. I am doing for the first time a Survivor. I've yeah. never done that. People swear by it. You want in? I can get you in. <sighs> Probably. I, there, my buddy Kyle uh, put together one. It's for uh, the NFL, and he does a college one too. Oh, college. That's yeah. interesting. I'll, I'll send you the details. Now, I probably can't do college because I call games, but I oh, might yeah. be able to do the NFL. Look at you. God bless you. Yeah. You got to follow the rules. Ethics, baby. <laughs> All right. Uh, that'll do it for the opening round of two. By the way, did you Thank notice you. the Cooter Ray bobblehead? No, I didn't. I didn't notice that. That's amazing. <laughs> who get, Who made that? for you uh guy's name is brian 
guys, guys, I believe. Yeah. Yep. Made yep. this in 2011. That's See, amazing. It's got the uh, the piss-stained overalls. <laughs> he pissed himself. He's got the uh, he's got the cigarette. So he's 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 got a cigarette and he has chew in his mouth. That's Just the real Nebraska right there. Imagine the fun you could have had this week if you were still on sound off. Oh my god! Yeah, I got a, I got a lot of texts. Cooter Ray or, does or, Ireland. I, I got a lot of tweets asking how Cooter Ray was doing. Seriously, that's a great bit. Cooter Ray, like, touring the pubs in Ireland. Oh, my in God. In Dublin. How amazing that could have been. This uh, this actually, when I moved to uh, Connecticut for my ESPN job, this actually broke in transit. And we oh, had wow. to send it back to Brian to to put it back together. So that's this a, is... It's a real treasure. It, it's... This is top notch right here. I mean, he he did not spare any details. He's got so you see, there's a spit juice on the <laughs> on the cup. You see that? Yeah, I do. Spit it's juice true. on the outside of the cup. Piss yep. there. At untied shoes. Yeah, he's uh, spared no detail. Oh, that's fantastic. All right. Well, um, we'll see you on Thursday. Two guys named Chris will be back right. Thursday morning. Same time, same place. Follow, like, subscribe, review on our podcast page. We will have a website up, I believe, tomorrow, but I'm not going to make any promises. It'll be early this week where people can go to iowaeverywhere.com and just find all of our shows in one spot if you're into streaming and whatnot that way. Hey, congratulations on on launching Iowa Everywhere. I know it's it's been something that um, that you've worked really, really hard on and you're really passionate about. And uh, thanks to, to Fairway for no for doubt. joining as the presenting sponsor as well. Well, thank you, man. I wouldn't be here without. I, I can't wait to do this, especially once the season gets going. It's it's going to be a lot of fun Mondays and Thursdays. Matty Van Winkle is going to be our producer here on Two Guys Named Chris. Uh, we appreciate him. Best in the business. And uh, stay tuned tomorrow on the podcast page and on YouTube. It'll be Sage Rosenfels and Brent Plume. Uh, we've got Jared Stansbury and Jordan Bohannon, John Miller and I, and then we will have uh, – oh, also, a lot of people have been asking about my locks of the week from mm-hmm. KXNO. I've been doing that for like eight years now. They will be here on Iowa Everywhere. So I will be doing that here and uh, looking forward to – week one is the worst. It is impossible to yeah. <laughs> to gamble, but we're going to give it a shot. I don't care about my record. We want to have fun and hope you guys it can add to your enjoyment of the game. So – With that, uh, for Chris Hassel, I am Chris Williams signing off. We'll be back on Thursday. Thanks for watching, everybody. Appreciate Fairway for being our presenting sponsor. Iowa everywhere.